All right, back here on the program. Uh, we're glad to welcome back to the show Dr. Martin Macari, John Hopkins School of Public Health. The newest COVID edition of his book is now available for pre-order. Uh, the paperback edition of The Price We Pay and hits bookstores in just a couple of weeks. Uh, of course, Dr. Macari was with us way back when he raised a lot of eyebrows with a piece in the Wall Street Journal saying we could hit herd immunity by late April, early May of this year. At the time, that was heresy. Now it turns out to be closer to prophecy than heresy. Dr. Macari is on the line with us right now. How are you, doctor? <laughs> Great to be with you. So uh, we're almost at the end of May. Uh, where would you say we are on that line? Because uh, the, the definition of herd immunity now all seems to depend on who's doing the talking. Yeah, so we've had a lot of moving of the goalposts by public health officials and political pundits because they want the pandemic to keep going. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not right, but it seems awkward. They want this thing to keep going. We already have had uh, 80 to 85 percent of the population immunized either through natural immunity or through vaccinated immunity today. When you have 80 to 85 percent of the adult population immune and that 62 percent of adults now that are vaccinated and half of the unvaccinated have natural immunity. Guess what? The virus can't jump around in a restaurant, in a community and a sporting event. It gets blocked and that's what we call herd immunity. It's poorly defined herd immunity. It's not eradication, like some people think. It's not a finish line, but it's where we are now. Is that why, uh, despite the fact that, and I agree with you, there do seem to be some forces that just don't want to let this thing go. Nonetheless, uh, the CDC's policy, and followed by many states, is pretty much now or within a few weeks' time Anything outside is fair game, and pretty soon anything inside is going to be fair game, too. Around here, it's July 1st. I questioned when that, the news came out. It's like, well, why are we waiting July 1st? I mean, if it's, if it's that safe outside, what's another six weeks going to do for being inside? Maybe you can answer that question. Well, I think one of the greatest failures of our medical leadership, and there's been a lot of them, but one of the greatest failures is, how they've ignored natural immunity from prior infection. It's powerful. It works. It's as good as vaccinated immunity so far. And it changes the timeline to normal if you ignore it. If you ignore natural immunity and that half of the unvaccinated are immune through natural immunity, then guess what? That puts um, normal out in the midsummer and small Fourth of July gatherings, and maybe by the fall and Christmas in 2022, and all that talk. And um, so that is, I think, one of the greatest reasons you're hearing two totally different storylines. And the reason the CDC put out their mask guidance, where you can take off your mask if you've been fully vaccinated um, two weeks ago, is they were they rushed it out the door. They were caught off guard by plummeting cases because they did not plan for natural immunity to be supplementing vaccinated immunity. Well, the natural immunity is a very important part of this. And, and, and I, I would also point out that there seems to be a rush to get people who have natural immunity from it, thereby meaning they already had it, to get vaccinated. And I, now this is purely anecdotal, and you would know better than I, you're a doctor. But I can tell you that most of the people that I have spoken to who have had severe reactions to the shot, especially the second shot, are people who had COVID. 
before. Kenny Brown, our own, who's on with us right now, being one of them. Uh, you know, when, when most of the people who didn't have it and got the shot and then got the second shot, they had, you know, maybe, you know, an hour, a couple hours, a morning where they didn't feel so great. But like violent reactions to it seem to come with people who had COVID and then had to get the vaccine. Does that indicate that perhaps that may not be the brightest move to make? That's right. And I, I, there are a lot of doctors out there that are telling people right now, if you've had COVID and you're going to get vaccinated, just get one dose. Because having COVID is like getting a mega dose of the vaccine. And we're going to see if natural immunity wears off. So, so far, there's no sign of it. And we have more data on natural immunity than we do on vaccinated immunity because it's been around longer. Right. We're not seeing reinfections in Italy. We don't see reinfections in the United States when they occur they're rare and they're mild and they're asymptomatic. If they have symptoms, they're very mild. That's not our battle right now. A PCR test can detect 10 molecules of viral particles, even if they're dead. Okay? You need hundreds of thousands of virus particles to really get sick in your system. So are we fooling ourselves and chasing PCR positivity and positive tests of asymptomatic people, which is most of the positive tests right now in America? I mean, we have one-tenth the number of daily COVID cases as we do flu cases a day in a mild flu season. we got to put things in perspective. Yeah. Well, and I should point out that we are now in May, almost to June. Last year at this time, there were lots of people who had COVID. Lots of people. It was on fire, remember. And that means we're a year away now from people who got the early cases of of COVID here in the States a year away. And as you point out, we don't have a lot of reoccurrence. You don't hear about people, a lot of people getting sick from it twice. Uh, these people who haven't, who haven't gotten vaccinated. Are there, is there any hard data on a number for reoccurrence uh, within a year of, of people who actually had it, even if they didn't get vaccinated? There is good data now. And before it was this sort of argument that you're describing that I would have with the you know, public health officials where they would say there's no good data on natural immunity. And I would be like, open your eyes. We're not seeing reinfections at any appreciable degree. And they would say, oh, well, you know, theoretically it could happen. I'm like, it's like Bigfoot. Everyone thinks they've seen it. Right. And there's, <laughs> we're, not seeing, we're not seeing death or hospitalizations in people with natural immunity. Now the studies have come out supporting that. They're showing in the big Denmark study – that among people who are around a lot of COVID all the time, healthcare workers, the reinfection rate after natural immunity was six tenths of one percent, most asymptomatic, and the few cases were mild. Hmm. Natural immunity works, and it works as good as vaccinated immunity so far. What is your feeling, Dr. McCary, about vaccinating children of various ages, starting from under eighteen down to twelve, and then twelve down to five, and wherever else they're talking about? Well, first of all, in this country in general, we've got to start respecting people who choose not to get the vaccine. Okay, we've got to stop shaming them. Now, I think there's pluses and minuses on each side of this wager. But in general, I would say it's reasonable to get the vaccine if they have any chronic condition, if the kid has any pre-existing condition, because those are the kids who can die. It's rare, but the few kids who have died in this country, a total of 230 under age 18 since the pandemic started, 
are kids with chronic conditions. So if they have that, get the vaccine. If not, you might say, well, the risk is infinitesimally small. I'm not going to get it or I'm not going to get it for my kids. Well, that's a reasonable conclusion. But remember, it's not just death we're trying to prevent. There's something called the inflammatory syndrome. And there have been, in our own research, we've extrapolated 10,000 kids who have had that from COVID since the pandemic started. And that can be painful. Generally, it's got a super high survival rate, 99 plus percent, but it can be painful and they get hospitalized. So getting the vaccine could prevent that complication. And that's a reason to get it. But what about the unknowns about a, a child's immune system that is still forming? to inject a, 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 an experimental, and this is an experimental vaccine, into the body of a 12-year-old or a 7-year-old or something when there hasn't been all that time to research what it does? Is there any chance that we might, down the pike, see some developments that we can't predict now that would be negative? Look, I get it. Some people are not going to feel comfortable with the vaccine in kids, and I say, then they shouldn't get it. We should respect people who choose not to get it because there are some unknowns. But in general, the safety profile of vaccines that are safe in adults match a safety profile in children. There's no vaccine that has uh, only caused complications in kids but not adults. We're basically introducing into the body with the vaccine the building blocks of a spike protein, and then those building blocks dissolve. They dissipate, and they're inactive. So mechanistically, I don't think there's any safety concerns. The studies show good safety profile in age 12 to 15. The question is, if we have almost no COVID around, do you need to get it? And I, I, wouldn't, I don't think we, we, need, we need to recommend it if COVID is at such low levels that it doesn't pose a public right. health threat. But, of course, you see that there are schools out there that are saying we're not letting kids come back unless they're vaccinated. So the hand is well, being that's forced. The that's the unions, and they don't want to. Right, the teachers' unions are trying to have this pandemic go another five years, and they don't want to do in-person learning. And so these are just posturing maneuvers that they're putting out there. And the CDC has been supportive of, of the unions with all of their gains. Got one uh, last question. I don't know if this is your purview or not. Do you have any insight uh, as to the the Wuhan lab? theories that are going around and what are America's involvement may or may not have been in that process? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's not a theory. I'll tell you exactly what happened. There was a lab leak. It's not a hypothesis. It is the default conclusion of exactly what happened of anyone that understands how labs work and they understand circumstantial evidence. Five miles from that lab, where we know they were manipulating coronaviruses and characterizing them with an NIH grant funneled through EcoHealth and Peter Daszak. Five miles down the street was the Wuhan Central Hospital and State Department report that was published in the New York, sorry, in the Wall Street Journal this week shows that three lab workers were treated back in November from that lab at that hospital. Now, two of those doctors were detained by the police after they were talking on WeChat, which is their social media network internally to other doctors about their dire concern about this virus. And so when you have the initial doctors detained and one of them forced to sign a confessional, that's public, it's online. Um, one of those doctors died, even though he was 32 and shouldn't die of COVID. Five miles from the lab, lab accidents are common. We know they were manipulating coronaviruses. Anyone that's worked in a lab will tell you those experiments run into 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you don't have the 
top staff at 2 a.m. in there doing lab experiments. Respiratory virus, lab accidents are common. It's very clear to me what happened. Unfortunately, we're not going to get any more information. Uh, we can make con a conclusion now based on the circumstantial evidence, and it's very obvious what happened. But China is never going to admit that or allow access to prove it. That's right. They've destroyed the, the virus sample. So uh, you can do all the posturing in the world, and these politicians are going to be grandstanding how they want the WHO to do a real investigation. You know, uh, there's no point. There's no point at this point. We're not going to get witness protection from Chinese, for Chinese people and their family members. We're not going to get the original samples. We have the evidence we need to know exactly what happened. Dr. Martin McCary, John Hopkins School of Public Health, his book, The Price We Pay, a paperback version, the COVID edition, is available for pre-order in bookstores in a couple of weeks. Good to talk to you, Dr. McCary. Thank you for coming on. Okay, thanks for having me.